When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we know it's a busy sports day in uh, Albuquerque and El Paso, so I'll try to be brief. Um, I'm obviously ecstatic to uh, announce Coach, Coach Chris Jans's uh, contract extension. Uh, you know, the vast majority of this was completed uh, last May, but with uh, COVID-19 sports planning and all the gymnastics that you know associated with that all season, it was put a little bit on the back burner, you know, getting it finalized. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, how come you're doing this, you know, a Zoom instead of just a release? I think you guys know we always love to be uh, transparent. So I'm going to hit the 30,000 foot view um, of this, uh, the specifics and Bron Cartwright, our deputy AD and COO are on here and uh, is on here and he'll handle uh, the specific questions. Um, you know, the broad strokes, uh, the extensions of six year agreement. Uh, a big point I want to hit right off the bat is that uh, Coach Jans's base salary will remain the same. Um, so the exact number it was is the exact number it will be. That's $290,000. And all the new compensation, every bit of it is uh, from private donors. Um, at the outset, there's a $78,000 increase in Coach Jans's retention bonus which was made possible from new donors to the JANS Retention Fund. Uh, these donors have committed uh, multi-year agreements 
and they joined what I'd say, you know, the original Jan's fund, uh, Jan's retention fund group. The remainder of that 78,000 comes from the restructuring of the HAL mummy debt that the athletic department is mandated to pay off. Um, so instead of paying off the HAL mummy debt uh, internally by 2025, it will now move to the year 2027. Um, the final compensation piece is an additional $72,500, uh, which can be split up between the head and the assistant coaches. Uh, that has not yet been determined um, how that split will be made at this time. Um, that, those monies um, specifically came from our six-man fundraising arm. Um, you know, I hope Aggie Nation knows uh, every lever that the athletic department could push and pull was. Uh, I'd certainly like to thank our regents, our chancellor, our president, uh, Bron Cartwright for sure, and all of our sport supporters. Uh, there are some specific ones uh, that did a lot um, behind the scenes and helping me, and that's Sherry Jones, uh, who's the president of our six-man club, uh, Smokey and Alan Torgerson in Albuquerque, uh, John Hummer, uh, Jag Chima, a couple of local businessmen, and certainly Dino and Leslie Cervantes, longtime friends and supporters of the program. But I just want to thank them for their involvement uh, during the process. Now, um, the only other real main component to break down is the buyout provision. And I'll ask Braun to do that. Um, and then both of us will field any questions. But before I do that, you know, I'll remind Aggie Nation that there's kind of an old AD saying when when no one wants our coach, we may not want them either. Um, I feel Chris Jans is a huge asset to our department, our institution, and I am delighted to retain him. Um, and then I'll ask Bronda to go over the buyout provision and any, any other specifics, and we'll take any questions. In the uh, fall of 2019, there was a, the first amendment was done for Chris Jans' contract, and, and that actually reduced the buyouts, uh, changed the buyout to a $50,000 buyout if he left after next year. Um, so if he leaves after the 21-22 uh, season, the buyout would reduce it to 50. In this second amendment, that buyout is again modified uh, to if he leaves for a Power 5 institution, uh, starting in after the 22 season, that buyout would increase to $100,000. There's also a special modifier on here that uh, if he takes uh, he, the money that he takes from the new 72.5 uh, that's being allocated by the six-man fund will be added to the buyout, whether that's the group of five buyout of 50,000 or the power five buyout of 100,000. So we can, we can get into specifics there, but that buyout will increase dollar for dollar uh, based on the increase in salary. So guys that are, you know, <laughs> A lot of work for uh, kind of two two main points there, but um, Charlie, not to usurp your role, but uh, I think would take any and all questions from anybody except Nate and Lou, who are conveniently away from their terminals. Just to, Bron, I guess just to make sure on the on the buyout. So um, after the 2021-2022 season, if he goes to Power Five, it's 100K plus whatever money he takes from that 72.5. If he goes to a group of five after 2022, 50K plus whatever he takes from that 72.5. What if he, by some odd occurrence, he leaves in August of 2021, uh, what would the buyout be? Current buyout is a half of the remaining salary of the 21-22 season. 
So it would be prorated based if he has nine months left, it would be half that salary for those nine months. Gotcha, thank you. Um, can Bron or Mario, what, what is the current, um, what is the current assistant coaching salary pool and how much does this, I mean, obviously it's 72 five that they can disperse however they wish, but what, what's the current assistant pool? Currently the assistant pool for, for this past year was 314,000. Do you get that, Jason? Yes. Three fourteen. Okay. Mario, I guess just from a obviously just a bigger picture level of this, I mean, you brought it up a little bit, but you know, what does it mean to just be able to, you know, keep Chris around? Obviously, he's he's a hot commodity. Almost, you know, was UTEP was look, obviously looking at him. What does it mean to just be able to have him back and, um, you know, know that he's you know going to be here for a few more years at least. Well, you know, look, in today's day and age, um, you know, look at all the coaching changes in a pandemic. You know, I would assume that next year uh, it will even be crazier and the marketplace for a very successful coach. I mean, obviously you saw Charlie's release, but when you take a good look at, you know, what Chris has done in the past, I mean, he's the national coach of the year for first year coaches. Um, he was at Bowling Green. He was involved with Wichita's in the final four and their 35 and 0 season. And since he's been here, I mean, you know, he's stood out significantly. Um, what is it? Nine and three in rivalry games, uh, you know, conference championships, NCAA tournaments. Um, I always point out to the, I believe it's five, uh, maybe six, but, uh, um, um, you know, power five uh, wins. And we had gone 17 years with only one of those and really in three cracks at it, right? Last season, we didn't get the chance to do that. In three cracks, um, you know, he's got five of those. And then, you know, you play against traditional powers. Number two, Kansas, you lose in the last possession. You know, final four in the NCAA, uh, Auburn, you know, by one point. You've got a last second shot to win it. So there's no doubt um, he can recruit and coach at a high level. But what obviously, you know, isn't the sexy part is the fact that our, our academics in men's basketball are, are fantastic. Um, if I was a better AD, I'd have those stats with me, but uh, I can get those to you. But uh, GPAs, graduation, um, it is phenomenal. And, you know, from the social standpoint, not only are our guys, I think, uh, really accepted and well-loved in the community, whether it was A.J. Harris or Jamario Jones or, you know, Zach Lofton or, or you, Johnny McCants, uh, you name it. Um, they've been really good ambassadors for us in the community and, um, you know, in the headlines in a good way. So that's kind of the trifecta, the academics, the social component and the winning. And when you got all those three, you want to do everything in your power um, to keep that. So, you know, I, I hear a little bit, oh, hey, the coach was looking at this, that and that. Well, I'll remind everybody, you know, people are calling him. Um, and that's a good thing. When you're successful, you're going to get looks, you're going to get phone calls. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't care about any of that. Um, he is doing everything and more 
that I have ever dreamed that he would do in his short tenure here so far. And we hope to keep him around, uh, you know, for as long as possible. But with a talent like that, um, obviously, I think uh, sooner than later, you know, um, the big boys will keep coming. Mario, obviously, uh, it feels like kind of just the second sort of year where you you guys you you've had to work to get uh, a retention bonus for Christians from from donors and, and raising this money. You, you talked about through these basketball donors that you talked about um, to to get that kind of money going towards your institution's basketball coach. I mean, a lot of uh, the athletic department in raising funds through those donors. Were there any? Maybe there, maybe there weren't. I don't know maybe because people love Chris so much because he's done such a great job. But are there any challenges as far as you know finding donors to help you know lay on a little bit more to Chris to you know keep him keep him in cruises, I guess, or or is it or is it really people are sort of banging down the door to say, hey, stepping up, we we, we need to keep this guy here. Sure. Well, I tell you what, you know, um, with a with a school of our size and graduates of our size. You know, we're not in Ohio State where there's a limitless pool of people to call, uh, but we have expanded our uh, network, you know, in the five years we've been here. Um, certainly, you go back to the, the names I mentioned, um, whether it's Cervantes, Hummer, uh, Jones, Torgerson, um, uh, you know, Chimas, those types of folks have been there and constantly been there, but we've made new friends as well. Uh, but I think, you know, the business community realizes you know, when I first uh, stepped foot in here in January of 2015, I went to, uh, I want to say it was like uh, we were playing Irvine and boy, the arena just wasn't, you know, I just, there wasn't a whole lot of people in there. The atmosphere was dead. You go to an Aggie game now, there's a lot more people. There's a lot of, uh, a lot more excitement. People are going out to restaurants and bars before and after. So I think people um, realize that um, this is great, uh, an economic engine, you know, that Chris has been able to build. Uh, I think Chris's personality, he's out in the community, you know, he sees people, whether it's restaurants, whether it's on a golf course, et cetera. So they, they feel good and they feel like they know him and his wife, Sherry is a tremendous asset. So that certainly makes it easy. Um, but I would be lying if I said, Hey, there's another, you know, jillion dollars out there. You know, I, I joke that, you know, we're, we shook, we shook the coconut tree pretty hard. There may be one or two up there, but I don't know if I have the guts to climb all the way up there and dislodge it, but, you know, look, um, I, I pledge um, we're going to do everything we can as long as I'm AD to keep, um, you know, the coaches that um, are making a, a tremendous impact and, and, you know, Chris Jans is, you know, at the top of that list. And hey Mario, I had a, a two-part question for you. You know, first, like, what would, what would your message be to fans after their coach um, interviewed reportedly with a rival school and just, you know, on the, on the heels of losing the previous coach to a rival school, I think that makes it more, I don't know, maybe touchy for your fan base. And then the second would be, what is, what would be any message that you could share to your school, your administration to, you know, maybe help avoid um, that happening again? Yeah, well, let me, <clears throat> I won't parse my words. Um, my first thought would be to say, get over it, but I, I won't uh, do that. Look, uh, Aggie fans can um, have the right to think whatever they want and say whatever they want, and we never stifle any opinions. In my opinion, as the athletic director, um, it is paramount to keep a coach. 
And um, while we know uh, we're not providing the compensation that others are, and that is critical when people have families and children and responsibilities and aging parents, um, you know, that's something that, um, you know, is significant. Um, you know, this also, um, you know, we're not in Durham, North Carolina or Spokane, you know, we don't have all the bells and whistles that maybe other, other places do, but um, um, my job is to uh, find the best coaches. And if our rivals find that they want them as their coaches and make a run out of them, I can't do much about that. But, um, you know, when we find good ones, and I think we have good processes to do that, you don't have a crystal ball, but we'll just do everything we can to keep them. So if that question is in some way, does it bother me? Uh, that's an emphatic, absolutely not. Um, I will always fight to keep Chris Jans as an Aggie because I think he's that good, but I don't begrudge anybody um, in looking at any opportunity, um, you know, Jason, I mean, I think a lot of people like to hearken back to the old era of, hey, I'm going to stay here forever and this, that, and the other. And even if you really look at it, you know, people didn't stay there all the time in the old era, too. But things are different. You know, with the transfer portal, um, every one of your players can transfer and be immediately eligible, whether that's UTEP, UNM, Maine, or, you know, Washington State. So, um, you know, that thought of, Loyalty. I mean, I define that as hard work, uh, passion, and I think Chris has you know displayed that in spades. Now, the second part of that question is, you know, yeah, I, I think that we've certainly made clear, you know, from the athletic department that um, you know keeping a, a successful basketball coach just doesn't mean a lot to the athletic program and our and our bottom line, but it means means something to enrollment. It certainly means something to the economics of Las Cruces. So, you know. My job will be continue to push to try to get our salaries and things like that up to, you know, a more competitive number with our opponents. Our size of school is our size of school. We don't have a law school. We don't have a medical school. And, you know, there's just going to be some things that we won't be able to do that others can. Now, I'll still fight for those. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, none of us in the administration certainly don't understand, you know, where our university is. But that doesn't mean, you know, we in athletics shouldn't try to keep um, pushing the envelope and, um, you know, making our case to, um, you know, compensate our coaches where maybe at every single turn um, when they have a good season, um, you know, uh, people aren't, uh, we're not in danger of being poached. Uh, Mario, it's Jack Nixon. Well, hi, How Jack. Has uh, the men's basketball salary, uh, head salary changed from Reggie Thea's time to now? Well, you know, that was interesting. I had a media member ask me, so we actually did some digging. You know, so we looked at the at the at the salaries of the coaches um, when they left. And boy, I, I think I I had that here. I gave it to KVIA. I don't know. I guess you guys can't use that now that I said KVIA, Nate. Tom, but, uh, Tom Scott. Tom Scott has got it buried it out in Picacho Hills at the mountains, probably somewhere right now. <laughs> got it. Well, he had asked me, and this is what we had come up with, you know, with, you know, you mentioned Reggie, I think in, in Coach Henson's second stint his last year, his uh, base salary was $169,000. Uh, Reggie Theus's last year, it was $275,000. Uh, Marvin Menzies last year's base salary was um, three forty. dollars uh, Paul Weir's 
uh, you know, one and only season was 250 and Chris Jans is currently at 290. So that's your, um, that's your, your, uh, your, your homework courtesy of Tom Scott at KVIA. <laughs> was there a, I guess, I guess I need to ask Tom, but was there, were there retention bonuses, uh, like that for for other coaches other than other than Chris or is the retention bonus especially of that number of the almost three hundred thousand that Chris is getting now were there retention bonuses for those coaches? You know, Colin, I don't know who you're asking that question to, but you know, I obviously came in here in the Marvin Menzies era, and while I don't have his contract in front of me, I do believe there was a small retention bonus. Braun might know that better off the top of my head. Uh, there was not one in Paul Weir's contract or the first year of Chris Jans's contract, but there may have been one in Marvin's. Marvin did have one. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but he did have a, uh, and it might not be considered a retention bonus, but uh, some additional funding for appearances or something like that. Did anybody have any other questions this afternoon for either Mario or Bron? Yeah, Charlie, I've got just one from Mario. Uh, Mario, what's it like when you're dealing with Chris Jans in these types of situations? It seems like, and I don't know, but it seems like Jans genuinely understands NMSU's financial situation. It seems like he weighs everything, his quality of life, you know, the, the effort that you guys make to keep him, the fan base, his likability. You know, there are a lot of coaches who would be like, I'm not taking this kind of salary. You've seen what I've done here, blah, 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 and, and start marketing himself or, or what have you. But it seems like Jans, it really has to be an amazing opportunity with ridiculous money to get him to leave. So my question is, what, what's it like dealing with Chris when you're trying to, to go through all this contract stuff? Well, um, yeah, good question. You know, I've known Chris since 2006 and not so much as a, a worker or boss or a, you know, a, a close friend, but we, we've known each other for now 15 years. Um, you know, Chris is from Iowa. He's a very down to earth guy. You know, Chris didn't come up with the ranks of being the assistant associate coach at North Carolina or Duke or Florida. I mean, he was a longtime junior college coach. Um, he knows um, limitations. He's been unbelievably frugal with his budget. Um, but even deeper than that, you know, Chris, um, and I don't know, maybe it's because um, of me hiring him, but we've always had like uh, the most wide open relationship where he was letting me know every single thing that was going on. I was letting him know every single thing that was going on. Uh, you know, the lines of communication on phone and text were wide open and we both pledged to each other. As soon as we hear things, we would tell each other. So I would say it's kind of been atypical from, um, and I, I'm not in a bad way. I just mean the, I, I guess the level of communication has been at an all time high um, with coach Jans. And I think that's why, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd say we get along really well, but um, I think we have a really good relationship. And quite frankly, um, Chris calls Braun on just as much stuff and Braun heads off more things at the past than, you know, I ever could. So I, I think uh, Braun, I'd echo, uh, or Braun would probably echo what I said with um, very transparent, very upfront, very understanding. And, um, you know, that fiery Chris Jans that you see does flare up now and then, but uh, 
we're, we're, we don't, we take it as, uh, as um, being an unbelievable competitor and nothing else. But, but, but he generally has a nice situation in Las Cruces with, with what you guys have done, his winning. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, obviously basketball is uh, very prominent. You know, you can see behind me, you know, the, the Pan Am uh, uh, can get rocking. It's, it's what a lot of people remember, whether it's Johnny McCants last shot or, you know, cutting down the nets or you name it. I mean, there's a lot of moments that people remember. And uh, Chris is very well thought of. You know, I'm not here to comment on. Um, I guess I will say this. I mean, he'll say this for himself, but his he and his wife, I know, love it here. They have a new home. They have a ton of friends here. His wife is unbelievably active in the community. So, um, you know, that's probably for him to sing those praises more than me. But I, I do believe there are a ton of positives at New Mexico State and Las Cruces. The reality, though, is there are some shortcomings when you compare them to other places, whether it's compensation, facilities, uh, you know, access to airport, whatever that is. So, um, you know, our job is to enhance the positives, try to knock down the any negatives or anything that's standing, you know, in his way to build a successful program and quite frankly, all of our coaches and keep, uh, keep him around as long as we possibly can. Excellent. I want to go back to Colin's question real quick. Um, Marvin was given $50,000 for promotional appearances and appearing pre and post game on the radio. So that was his addition. Colin, you don't think Braun would ever leave a hanging chat out there, do you? Just a little preview, you know? Absolutely. I get not. hit by a bus or get canned, what's going to happen around here? <laughs> Mario, out of curiosity, man, that was our Aggie Nation was loving that picture you threw up on social media of you and Chris. What, was, what were you guys at? Pistol Pete, the, the six shooter? What, what, what did you well, I cannot, I cannot uh, give up the location where we're at, even though somebody figured out. It was very close to Chris's house, okay? So I don't, you know, we have our Pistol Pete's 1888, so I don't want to commingle that, but. You know, I have a little Eddie Haskell in me, so I said, come on, let's take this picture and uh, let me craft a little uh, message on there just to get the, look, man, it's athletics. Whether you love it, whether you hate it, whether you're for it, whether you're against it, man, at least they're talking about you. And I think in Las Cruces, you got to have that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I was tickled with all of the responses, even the detractors of me. I do, I do like reading that stuff too. Adam doesn't like it as much, but I, I, get, I get a kick out of it. Adam's sensitive. Is that what you're saying? Um, like the I, I'm not going to say Adam's sensitive, but I, I'm just maybe not sensitive. I don't know. No comment. All right, guys. Anything else for either Mario or Braun here this afternoon? Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Hey, as usual, I know grammar's not on here, but Braun will have the contracts. You know, so I don't, I'm not getting into legal. You can't if read, but I mean, Braun usually we just make those available. So I'll let Braun uh, kind of take that from there. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you uh, like a copy of the uh, Second Amendment, let me know and I can get it sent to you. You also see some, some performance incentives in there, uh, some additional legal language that was put in there due to COVID and, you know, just in just case that happened again down the line. But uh, if you have any questions about any of the language in there, feel free to give me a call. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. 
And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.